Hello and welcome back to the Coming of Cage podcast. I am your host, Derek, and I've got my co-host and partner in crime with me, Ryan. Hi. Hi. Uh, He waved as well, but if you're only listening to the show, you wouldn't know that. So that's the the color commentary there for you. But we also, we wave now because you can see us. You can actually watch us, our faces on screen while we talk. So that's a cool thing. We started that last week with um, episode 22, Racing with the Moon. This week, however, we are covering the Nicolas Cage movie from 2016, co-starring Elijah Wood, The Trust. That's right. The Trust. And according to IMDb, The Trust is about a pair of cops investigating a drug invasion stumble upon a Mm -hmm. mysterious bank vault. Stumble upon. They stumble upon it. Yeah. And boy, is that really not the most accurate synopsis for the movie that we could come up with. But that's the one on IMDb. The way we normally do this, of course, is that Ryan... We both we both watch the movie, but Ryan does a little bit of homework while he watches it and makes a bunch of notes, and then we go through those notes and That's talk right. about the film. That's right. So I I want to say right out of the gate that I was actually very surprised by this film. We've watched, I mean, I don't know, we're about twenty five percent of the way through his filmography at this point. I think twenty percent somewhere in there, and we've watched some bad movies, and this was not a bad movie. I actually no. enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Which I did not expect, although I love Elijah Wood. So, I mean, that was probably part of it. And and that's not to say that this movie is like a masterpiece or anything. It's definitely like goofy and also, <laughs> but very, also very serious. Like, I don't know. It's very weird, weird movie, but I enjoyed it overall much more than I thought I would. Yes, uh, I'm with you 100%. It was really interesting. I caught myself just many times like, what is happening? Yes, exactly. Uh, But like in an in like a compelling way, I kept wanting to watch it. Yeah, it's a heist movie. It doesn't really that doesn't really come through in the IMDb description, but it's a heist movie. But it's a very unique heist movie. I think I'm not like a big on that genre, but uh, the few I've seen, I haven't seen one like this. So no, I don't think I've really ever watched a movie quite like this. And the two of them, I mean, I think that's the key to this is the pair. Nicole, uh, Nicholas and uh, Elijah are just really great together. They play very interesting characters. Um, and the movie just goes in a direction I was not anticipating at all. Because like when we go into these, most of the time, I don't even watch the trailer. I just I might read the synopsis that's on the screen on whatever the streaming app is. Right. Because it's right, right in front of my face. But that's it. Um, and this was another to be watch, which, you know, historically hasn't been the greatest sign of quality for a film. For sure. But this was very interesting. It really yeah. kept my attention. Mine, too. And it didn't hurt that Nick is playing like a, one of his most eccentric characters. That I think we've seen like it wasn't over the top cagey, but he's just very eccentric and fun. And, and it made it fun and interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, he also had a glorious mustache. He did. And it looked like in the poster that Elijah Wood had a mustache too, but then he didn't in the movie. So that was disappointing. It's hard to tell on the poster because he, his head's down, but. Well, because like he's kind of like five o'clock shadowed the whole movie. Yeah. Right. Because he's not really taking care of himself really well. Sure. Um, but speaking of the poster, I just want to say like the poster is not good. It's so like overly photoshopped that like I don't even recognize Elijah Wood 
on the poster. Yeah, that's fair. You know, like when I saw the, the poster at first, I didn't know who that was. However, this is not a review of the poster. <laughs> no, this is not. a review of the movie. So let's okay. get into it. Let's do it. Okay. So right out the gate, the beginning of the like opening credits, Saban Films. Isn't that the same company that did Power Rangers? That's got no. That's got to be a different. There's two Saban films. Yeah, there's got to because okay. they're Japanese, right? I don't. I don't know. It's got. Be I thought Saban it was companies. interesting because you don't see that name super often. So right out of the gate, you know, after the opening credits, you get uh, Elijah Wood laying in a bed with like it, uh, seemingly his body moving back and forth as if something is moving on top of him. <laughs> Any it could be anything, and then <laughs> then you get another opening credit, and then you see boobs just bouncing, mm-hmm. which appears to be what's on top of him, not yes. just the boobs, but a full woman. Well, yeah, I think um, that would have been a very different movie. I that's think. like that's like <laughs> Mandy too is what that's gonna be in. Uh, but then it like zooms in on a freckle under her boob. Yes, yeah, because he's not really. Into, into it, it right he's not focused on it he doesn't really care like because you know we, we learn in a little bit why right but he's just clearly in not a good place mentally emotionally right um and so after a few seconds of that he's getting dressed and he's putting money on the book stand so to imply that this is a woman of the night uh so that's interesting um well they are in vegas the movie does take place in vegas which i think is important to call out yes which a lot of the cage movies take place in vegas it seems yeah yeah is that interesting there's some weird trends through all these movies that i wish we had a way of tracking yeah in retrospect maybe we should have had like categories that we would mark off sure. yeah yeah like a bingo card for each movie we should do that we should have oh. a bingo takes place in las vegas Nick cage <laughs> dies at the end uh you know like there's a whole bunch of different things that he does. <laughs> he hits a woman. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a thing yeah. in a lot of the movies. Um, anyway, then we get our first shot of Nick Cage because it's kind of cutting between the two of these guys. Mm-hmm. And he has very cagey. If, if a hair could be cagey, if a haircut could be cagey, his hair was cagey in this movie. <laughs> like, you think so? Yes, it was like a cartoon character hair, which was great. Wow. Okay. I mean, the the mustache. I think took my. I attention. love the mustache. Don't get me wrong. Well, it's it's okay. So that's actually my next note. Is Cage's mustache is rough? Look, like Nick from a distance, I loved it. But like when it gets up close, it's it almost looked like a fake mustache. <laughs> like it was glued on. And I mean, maybe I it was. It, I don't know if it was or not. But I don't know. It did not not look great upon close inspection. And maybe he just doesn't grow as nice of a mustache as some people do i don't know it didn't look good in a close-up but yes i loved his hair i don't see any facts about the film that talk about the mustache so i think it's real it might be well i mean i think as long as they don't do any up close shots that it's good it's just when it gets up close it starts to lose its credibility as a mustache a little bit and there there are some up close shots very very close (laughs) like you can literally see like the mites in his mustache no 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 i'm saying that we all have mites oh you mean like the, our hair gotcha. like the little tiny hair follicle okay. mites. i'm not saying he has mites. Are you watching this in imax or something <laughs> yes i have an imax <laughs> screen in my living room um so then okay you might have filled some gaps here because my next note is cylinder cocaine 
And they go into like an evidence, a big like garage. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, you're skipping ahead a bit. So so we we learn that both of these guys are cops. They're both police officers in the Las Vegas Police Department, the LVPD, which by the way is apparently not real. I, I haven't done that research. That's just according to IMDB, that's a fake police department that they made up. But Elijah Wood's character is like kind of like this bumbling um uh you know he's just not what's what i'm looking for here he's unprofessional right? yeah he's unprofessional late. i don't know if he's bumbling like he seems competent he just I mean, yeah, late, he later on in the movie he seems very very confident uh, competent but in this first shot where he's like going to this crime scene he just seems like well he specifically goes and sneaks in through a window and stuff like that so that he can avoid his boss seeing him come in late which, which we is learn is nick cage's nick character cage, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's going to this crime scene. There's there's drug dealers. They've got one of the guys, right? Nick Cage is on the outside and he's trying to talk to his boss about some plan he has, which we never really learn what that is. He's just told no. So in that, we find out that. Um, no, it's Cage, like a data entry thing. He talks about it for a second. Yeah. It's like a thing to, to track evidence and right. like match up DNA or something. It's kind of ambiguous, but you kind of get an idea that it's some sort of computer program and it's not relevant at all to the movie. So. No, no, but it's, it's to create this conversation because his captain or, or I forget the guy's actual rank um, basically tells Nick, hey, I need you to go to the auction place. There's a tractor that I want for my son-in-law and I need you to make sure I get it. And so he's basically taking Nick Cage's character who clearly is very, you know, at, at this moment, we feel very focused and passionate and, and determined and saying, I need you to go watch a tractor for me. <laughs> so nobody right. buys it at the auction. So that's where he learns. They find that there's a car, right? Yeah. Taking the engine out of this car and they've, they've hidden the, the, the criminals have hidden the drugs in cylinders that were basically designed to fit where the pistons go in yeah. an engine, which yeah, in the, inside the combustion chamber. It was which really I, yeah, I thought that was clever too. Yeah. I I do had to take a little bit of issue with this scene because, like, first of all, maybe, and I'm not a police officer. I don't really have any contact with police officers, so maybe this is real. But this is like a huge building, right, where they have lots of like lifts and things for working on cars if a car doesn't run when it comes into like the impound or is going to go to option auction do they really waste manpower pulling an engine like as if they're going to repair that engine i feel like they don't do like full-on internal engine rebuilds and i can't imagine finding cocaine in cylinders is like a common thing for them because they seem very surprised by it so it couldn't have gone as the engine looking for that i wouldn't think (sighs) Maybe it was found during like an inspection to get the car ready for auction, and someone like they noticed. took the cylinder heads off. I don't know. Like, That's kind I of a big deal. Yeah, I don't. I don't know enough about this either. Um, well, anyway, I just thought it was. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Maybe that is a real thing. If it is, and you listen to this and go ahead and tell me, but I, that seems like a bit of a stretch. I mean, I'm sure they take cars apart, but I doubt they rarely. Uh, I'm sure they rarely like pull an engine apart to rebuild it or whatever they were gonna do. It does seem like a lot of steps, right? Like, because obviously, you know, if they there's places to look, right? Like, you know, under the the trunk, for example, or, or things like that. But I don't know. You hear these crazy stories about how people like put drugs inside of like the doors, you know, or right. So I can understand know, that. The seats. The right? engine is a different beast. Yeah. Anyway, but, 
we don't want to spend too much time on that no but what we find out here though this is where we kick off the real movie though we find out that the dude who's busted for this he's got a bunch of priors but someone bailed him out 200 grand cash yeah and that gets nick's attention yeah it gets his attention he steals all the paperwork and then on the way out the guy that was working on the car gets a call from the captain or whatever, apparently, and, and asks Nick Cage to take more pictures of the John Deere. So that's a thing. But well, I think it's it's met, at least the way I took it, is it, it like belittles what Nick Cage's character is doing here. And I guess we haven't really, whatever their names are, Stone. Stone is Nick Cage. Waters is Elijah Wood. Yeah, uh, Stone, like it's belittling Stone, right? This guy clearly at some point cared. Right. He was dedicated. He was passionate. He was trying to improve things, make things more accurate. He was, his attention to detail is very clear. Right. And no, nobody else seems to take him seriously or treat him seriously. Right. And so his boss is just like, look, I know you have all these amazing ideas to increase everything, but I'd really rather you just watch this tractor for my stepson. Yeah, it's a weird thing. But and so my next note was, man, Cap really loves John Deere. Because he wants more pictures. Okay, so then it was a uh, nice, it's a huge tractor. I feel like that there's that's like a bigger tractor than what I had in my head. You know, like but but I mean, it's not a real, it's not a like a full track. It's like a small. I don't know. That's actually a small tractor. Is that a small tractor? Shows you what I know. I mean, there are there are smaller tractors, but like that's in terms of tractors, pretty small. Yeah, there's like real tractors have tires that are bigger than that whole thing. Jesus. So yeah. Um, okay, so next, our next scene, we get our first, like, really, I don't, I, like, we get to see the eccentricities, is that the word, of Nick Cage's character, like, how eccentric he is. Yeah. We get to, like, start to see the little, like, things that, that this character has going on, and they're something, and I didn't <laughs> notate all of them, because they were such, like, subtle, it's one of the things I love about Nick Cage, he can do these little subtle things, that just make it make a scene that much better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I I couldn't notate them all because they happen so quick. And if I'm writing a note, I'll miss another one. And, you know. Yeah. So I I would really love to know, especially like for a movie like this, which is like it's a serious movie and he's doing some, you know, some humorous things sometimes. Um, how much of that was in the script versus how much of that he came up with? in the well, moment just, what know. we know what we know of him is that he likes to he ha- oh, he always has ideas for his characters mm-hmm. and how they would act and i feel like a lot of that was probably his stuff but i would yeah if we ever get him on the show then we'll have to ask him <laughs> we'll add this to the list um but yeah it was it was it was it was like uh ice breaking moments it's, you know he where you would have it be having what seems to be a serious conversation and he would like touch somebody's nose or something like it, it was just a I don't know. I feel like I would have enjoyed the movie much less if his character was not that way. So um, I'm really happy that whoever came up with that, whether it was Nick or somebody else, uh, did that. But Mm -hmm. regardless, okay, so the next scene, he's looked at this stuff and he's called up uh, his partner, Elijah Wood. Well, it's not so he's not his partner. So this is where things are. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's his employee. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important dynamic because Waters his boss is stone nick cage is elijah's boss right so so there's a dynamic there yeah there's a power dynamic yeah and that comes into play later a bit but uh so he calls him up and he's like i found this thing it's really interesting it's like late at night 
Mm-hmm. And he calls him and they come, tells him to come to this place to meet him. And so they're meeting at a strip club because, of course, they are. <laughs> it's Las Vegas. I guess that's what you do. And they're discussing another this point for the bingo card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so they're they're having this like meeting and they're talking about this thing. And the waitress comes, keeps checking on him. And <laughs> this is one of the eccentric things I remember because it's kind of a running gag through the scene is that Nick Cage asks for a refill on his water. And and she's like, sure, hon, no problem. And then he, she asks Elijah Wood's character what he wants. And she he says some, some drink or whatever. And she says, no problem. And so she walks away without... And she was holding a pitcher of water the whole time. She does not fill his water. And then she brings back the drink for Elijah Wood's character. And as she walks by, Nick is like trying to get her attention. And, and she won't fill his water. It's, it's a running gag through the scene. It's just very funny. It kind of shows you like how eccentric he is. I really liked it because like on, in the first time when he asked again, like, she's holding it. Right. And she walks away. He's like, she, she had it in her hand. <laughs> yeah. He like, like she, he, Elijah's wood character is going through this like file talking about very serious things and like how this is probably somebody that they don't want to mess with, blah, blah, blah. And he's completely focused on the water. He doesn't, he's like, <laughs> he barely is listening to uh, Elijah Wood's character at all. Yeah. And then like he, uh, Elijah was waters. Elijah Wood's character starts getting like stressed out about this, like because there's a lot he that Nick Nick Cage is asking him to like find out who this was mm-hmm. that paid the two hundred thousand uh, dollars, and he's getting stressed out because this is a dangerous thing he, he's doing. He's getting involved with bad people, and as he as as uh, Stone can tell that he's getting stressed out, he just reaches over and starts rubbing his shoulder. <laughs> Which is another thing that would be on the bingo card, I'm pretty sure, because I feel like he's done that in several movies, the awkward shoulder rub. He's very touchy-feely. You yes. know, I feel that, especially especially this character. Yeah, in Waters, you get the idea that he's not. So no, not he does all. not seem comfortable with what's happening. Um, so, yeah, it was a weird thing. Uh, so then you get a few scenes of, like, uh, Waters f- trying to find out who this was. Well, wait, wait. I want to talk about the lemon Tabasco sauce bit. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Cause like, this is so funny. So they're sitting there and, and Nick, I guess is hungry or whatever. And Elijah's drink came with two lemon wedges. And so he, he just takes one of them off the, off the glass. He just pours Tabasco sauce over it, like way more than any person should ever put on a one piece of lemon. And he's like going to eat it. And Elijah's like disgusted by this. And so he, gives it to Elijah tells Elijah to eat it and just he grabs the other one and just does the same thing again and you know they, they eat it or whatever and Elijah hates it and stuff he's like you like this and he just goes no <laughs> yeah again what? this scene did a really good job of establishing the weirdness that is stone it was so good I was I just love that I love that exchange it was, so I, much it was a, I was more focused on the water but yes that lemon Tabasco thing was pretty good too it was great so, so yeah, then we get a few scenes of uh, Waters trying to follow or figure out whoever this person was mm-hmm. that paid the money. And my next note is Elijah is so inconspicuous because he's the most conspicuous person ever. He's like, he's wearing these huge sunglasses and like a hoodie and he's following this guy, but he's not attempting like, so he like ducks back behind a wall, but then he just like stands out in the middle of something staring at him for a few seconds and then ducks behind the wall. It is so conspicuous and there's people just walking around. So obviously he's going to get noticed. 
it's it, it is like that that was that was not great because like he's also clearly in a part of town that is mostly black people and yep. he is just this like skinny white dude with like with big you know, glasses and a hoodie <laughs> yeah, yeah right and it's like clearly this guy is like not normally here yeah right but nobody seems to know <laughs> movie magic movie magic um yeah, so I don't know what triggered this next note, but I just said I am loving Nick Cage in this role. And th- this was about, like, probably 20 minutes into the movie. So, I mean, I was already, like, all in. Is this what – well, so what we find out is that this guy that he's tailing works at a casino restaurant. Um, you know, he, like, you know, delivers the food and you know, all that kind of stuff. And that <laughs> – how how Elijah catches up to him because this guy gets a ride from somebody and Elijah doesn't have a car because he followed this dude on like the the you know the light rail and stuff like that so I don't know how he catches up maybe a cap a, ca- a taxi or something but Nick decides to go undercover yeah is that is so you're are you talking about it could that be, point I don't know that that note is before the Russian roulette scene oh okay yeah, so I feel poof. like I feel like something happened in there okay so. Nick Cage meets up with okay. Stone meets up with Waters at some point. It says that he mortgaged his house. Well, is no, this, that's this what that's happened. Way, that later. That's way oh, later. Okay. So, yeah, what's yeah. the first Russian roulette scene then? So, the first Russian roulette scene is um, Ethan Suplay. Yeah, who, who he's he's good in this. I mean, he plays like a total like asshole, but he's right. really good in it. Um, I'm trying to remember why they needed to meet up the first time. I think they needed access to like a report or some data on something. Um, right. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so this was actually in the. I remember it now. It was in the evidence place again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, he was trying to get. Oh, he was got told by Ethan Suplay, uh Waters got told by Ethan Suplay's character to uh, wait for somebody. Well, we get, he gave him this this file. And said, "Wait for this person or something like that, right?" Oh, thing, right, right. Yeah, and, yeah, so, yeah. and he's like, "Well, why can't you do it? I have other things to do." Right. And so this <laughs> this scene was basically to establish Ethan Suplay's character, essentially. And so he, Ethan Suplay's, he's just detective in the movie. He doesn't have a name. No, no. So um, he he is getting agitated by Waters not doing what he's telling him to. So he pulls out his revolver and drops that. And he says, "Like you want to play a game or something?" Like he, that. Do you want to flip for it? We want to flip for it yeah. and so then he drops all the bullets out of the chamber like he would for russian roulette puts a bullet in a let it looks like he's putting a bullet in and flips the chamber in and then holds the gun up to his head and pulls the trigger and nothing happens so then he points it at elijah and who's freaking out obviously as anybody would in this situation pulls the trigger again nothing goes off and he's like he like has like heart palpitations and he's like on the ground like freaking out and then uh he shows ethan's plays character shows that he has the bullet still in his hand he never actually put it in the gun mm-hmm. um so that kind of establishes that because that's going to come back later as a as a thing it's an intense scene though like is, really yeah. like ethan does a fantastic job in that scene uh yeah honestly he's, like, he's good in every movie i've ever seen him in so uh, that's fair yeah, yeah. That's fair. But like he just this is a small part. It's important because it does like set up specific things that are really important to the plot. But it's a small role. And I think he just really like he he just really takes as much as he could from like the two scenes that he gets. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was dark. That was a really dark scene. Cause like up until that point, like I'm like kind of like laughing a bit about some of the craziness that's going on, like the lemon scene or you know, some other things that are going on are just making me chuckle a bit. And then this happens, like very sombering scene. Yes, it's it's weird because a lot of this movie comes across pretty lighthearted, but then immediately something extremely dark and real happens. Mm-hmm. And it makes you like it most of the time I don't like tone variations in movie was movies, but I actually think it was handled really well in this movie. Yeah. Kind of like lets your you let your guard down a little bit and then immediately like something bad happens and your guard is back up and you're on edge again. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I thought the directors of this movie did a great job with that maintaining a like playing with the tone in order to like play with the viewer's emotions. So it was really good. No, um, I agree. I, I think one of the keys is like there's a this is a very small scale story at the end of the day, right? So it's almost like a buddy film. And so it has those like levity moments, but then it has to remind you about like what's actually happening. In yeah, there's the really only there's only really like four sets in the entire movie. It's or like yeah. there, there's very few. I it's, mean it's small. It takes place in like four or five places and that's about it. So mm-hmm. um yeah it's interesting. Uh okay so then we get into the uh scene that you were talking about where Nick Cage uh water or stone decides to go undercover it's Um, one of the greatest things that we have watched for this show so we got (laughs) my next like four notes are all the different cages we got in this we got pool boy nick (laughs) then we get waiter nick then we get towel manager nick uh we get like all these different nick nick cage characters he's doing different roles in this casino because you know casinos have pools and hotels and restaurants generally as a part of them and so yeah he was doing uh he was he was doing all those roles to try and get as much information about this place as he could and my next note is dirty towels i feel like it's because he suspected something going on with the towels in the in the uh well so what happens is they they find out that like there's a truck that's getting loaded up with what looks like laundry right from the hotel and it's being delivered to like a convenience store yeah it's a little weird because like why does he suspect the towels of all things i think because like because of the pool and showers and stuff that's probably a good bulk of the laundry that the hotel has to do right but why does he suspect the laundry and not something else because hotels go through a lot of things well because the guys are actually bringing out laundry bags into that truck so what ends up happening is during this montage of things that he gets to do he notices this truck getting loaded up with la- seemingly laundry bags and the guy that they've been tailing that he's undercover for is oh, part that's right. of that. That's what it was. Yeah. And he tries to go over there and some dude stops him. I forget, you know, um, and makes him like go back the other way. And so he, he notices that like, these are supposedly laundry bags. And so he's just, maybe he's checking to see if they're hiding stuff in with the laundry before it's like picked up by this other group, you know, like it's a handoff kind of thing. Yeah. So like that that worked for That's me. What it wanted. Yeah, it did but, for me too. I just forgot exactly what had yeah. happened there. But man, um, when he is in the when he's the waiter though, it's so good. He's like, you know, he's dressed like you know, very, very stereotypical Vegas waiter type guy where it's like almost a tux, right? But it's like missing right. some pieces. And he's, you know, he's got the the tray with the food on it, and he's you know, the mustache is just like there, and it's just amazing. And then he drops the whole thing, and it's just yeah. oh my god. He's so yeah. good. He's so good in this montage, and then it, it goes from like fun, campy, cagey to like off the rails when they're in like a conference room, like he and like some of the other waiters and stuff. And he just is doing like this dance thing. Yeah, it's showing that he's like trying to get in good with like, I don't know. I don't really know what that was to do because it's not like he ever goes back there. But like it's just to establish 
I think how charismatic this character is that he's able to like make friends immediately. He has a whole crowd of employees around him that he's entertaining with this dance that he does like four times. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not, well, there's no audio or dialogue in the scene. It's like, no. uh, it's just like a part of the montage. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, the video and other music playing over it. So you're just, you're not really sure why he's dancing or what he's doing. It's just, yeah, pretty great. Well, but then you find out like in a scene or two, he gets in the car with, with Elijah and he, you know, there's like a envelope of money and Elijah's what's this? He goes, Oh, that's my tips. Like I make more money here. And so I think he's actually like legitimately enjoying himself. <laughs> he right. Want, like he, he's like, maybe I should do this job. <laughs> I actually think the character is legitimately enjoying himself through most of this movie. Like yeah. what these things that he's doing are things that he wants to do and he doesn't want to go like take pictures of a tractor or right. things like that. You know, he's actually getting to do p- police work kind mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, if there's, it gets, it gets questionable pretty quick, but. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so then they, they decide, I can't remember if it was waters or stone, which is funny. The names, by the way, because you know, water with stone, water will carve away stone over the years. Um, anyway, uh, he, one of them sends a homeless person in or like, I think waters it was, does. Yeah. He, he, oh, no, he no, no, no. I'm has, sorry. Nick, Nick cage does. He has a bunch of pictures basically that he hands the other these are like old pictures too like uh from the little like the a cameras polaroid. That, polaroid yeah that yeah. automatically send pictures up and so they're low quality and everything else but he hands these pictures to waters and waters is going through them and he's like these are terrible quality and so you find out that he sent stone sent a homeless guy in and gave him some money to go take pictures of the inside of this place and you find out that there's a vault or well not this is vault, the convenience store that the truck is delivering that the towel is yeah the towel place and it's not a vault it's a uh like well you don't really know what it is there's just a big door that's chained it's up. it's in the deep freezer though right it's yeah. it's way deep in there and it's just you know it, it stands out but they see that in one of these pictures they also see the homeless man's penis in one of the pictures well because nick is like there's a photo in there i just 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 wait just you'll you'll you know yeah he's like playing it up like you know that we've all met that guy that's like yeah just scroll through these photos they get better and then there's <laughs> one that's like somebody's butthole or something that's exactly in the what this was and that's exactly what this scene was we've all met those people stone um, is yeah. like having the best time <laughs> so this. My next note was boobs and penis so far. So we had two different genitalias so far in this movie. And spoiler alert, that's the end of the genitalia genitalias in this movie. So sorry about that. Uh, we should have that on our bingo card too. Boobs, penis, and Nick Cage butt. <laughs> Nick Cage butt has I don't know if I'd say it's been in a surprising amount of movies, but it's in, <laughs> been in some that I'd never expected it to be in. But it's so, weird that it's happened twice. No. <laughs> yes, it is weird that it's happened. I think it's happened more than twice, but probably not. Maybe three times. Like, not a lot. Anyway, so then they look up, like, the plans for this building and find out that this wall is, like, three feet thick steel. So it basically is a vault, they find out. And... Mm-hmm. uh yeah, they pull a bunch of the records, the blueprints and everything. It's all which is interesting that these drug dealers and stuff would build such a thing and do it like official with permits and stuff. Right. Yeah, because that's how they get the information. They pull up the permits and yeah. like the blueprints that would have to be officially filed with, you know, the city or the state or however that works. Right. That'd be like pulling the blueprints to like the Wayne Manor and like there's a giant cave underneath with like a T-Rex. But it's like, a natural cave. <laughs> that's well some of it it depends which movie you're that's true um so then 
I don't maybe you can fill in the gaps on this. It's from what I remember, they just decide they need to find out what's in this vault and break into it. And this is where it becomes a heist movie. Well, Nick is convinced that this is either filled with drugs or all of the money for from the drugs. Right. Now there's no evidence of that other than this thing exists where it probably shouldn't exist. And stuff is being brought there from the casino. They still have no clue what's in those bags. So he's making a pretty big leap. So at this point, it's been, you know, they're cops that maybe do some weird stuff. But for the most part, they're on on brand cops. They're not mm-hmm. like, you know, doing anything wrong. But then at this point, they start to, well, you realize that they're, that he, at the very least, uh, Stone is kind of corrupt. Because he's like ordering a drill and getting plans for like the apartment uh above the 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 uh yeah so there for some yeah reason. there's there's an apartment above the convenience store you know that you could just like someone's living in so uh my next note is dutch nick cage i thought it was dutch maybe it was german, german. but uh yeah you get he calls the vault company i believe to figure the drill, to, the drill company oh, is it the drill company yeah you to find a drill that will work for this drilling through that basically well, you don't at this point you don't really know exactly what they're doing with the drill. I mean, specifically, you know they're drilling into the vault, but you don't know like I guess specifically where they're drilling or how they're planning on doing it. But it was not what I had in my head. I'll tell no, you that. Me, me either. But yeah. they so they call this this uh drill company and the drill company is based in Germany. And so you get him doing this ridiculous over the top German like or like Dutch accent. Uh and it was just a really funny scene like he's he's looking in a book and like just saying words from this book, this translation book. Well, no, no, no. So he's he's speaking German, but he does he's reading the catalog information for the drill he wants. Oh, is that what it was? I thought yeah. it was like a translation book. No, 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 he's he's definitely like he this character. I don't know if Nick can himself. This character speaks German. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes it a little weirder because he's apparently very smart, but oh, also yeah. like super eccentric. Stone Stone is like. A very like super int- one of the more interesting characters we've seen Nick play. I really liked this character a lot. But my favorite bit on this this scene when he's talking to these guys at the drill factory in Germany is like there's two guys. One guy's like on the phone, the other like brought him the phone, right? And the dude's like, and this is all in German. Like the guy sounds really suspicious. I think he's I think he's a cri- a, 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 a criminal or a bank robber or something like that. And the other dude's like, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like these guys know that they're selling a drill to a criminal and they think that's just the coolest thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, they want to make their money, you know, uh, they want so to be part of a heist. That's, that's yeah. the dream, you know. <laughs> so that, so uh, then we get a scene where they're kind of starting to really plan the heist. And uh, Waters has, on top, I think, on the top of the police station or somewhere has made a like scale uh two-dimensional model of like the layout the floor plan of this convenience store and the uh the room above it basically it looked like a dedicated space where like maybe this is just like a thing that they do when they're going to be like raiding or going into an area where they they know the layout they do this so they can practice right so then then waters brings stone up there to check it out and for some reason Stone is very worried about his nose getting sunburned and is putting copious amounts of sunscreen 
on his nose and like surrounding areas oh. and offering it to waters uh like so you get that stereotypical like camp counselor you know you know if you ever watched salute my shorts or whatever oh, as a kid you got the camp Classic. counselor with like the uh just the sunscreen on the nose and nowhere else and that's basically what we got with nick cage in the scene and, and he really chooses choose this scene up like with that sunscreen he really goes to town with it well, and i think uh, like this scene just really shows this dynamic of stone it, he's already all in this is happening they're doing it and he has like no care in the world yeah and while waters is so stressed out and so anxious and like convinced they're gonna get caught or killed right and he's just like taking it as seriously as possible yeah he said like it's, it took him like three hours to like tape off right and and at this point uh stone reveals that he refinanced his whole house to like his mortgage he mortgaged his house pay for the drill mm-hmm. or something like that didn't he say he's put 10 grand in and he needs uh waters to put 10 grand in also well the and idea is like yeah that in. they'll be equal partners i think is the idea so they're gonna split it right uh and so then my next note was just to kind of like ground what we were watching in this moment it was nick cage with sunscreen nose planning heist with elijah wood because that that sentence outside of the context of what we're doing right now would make anybody go huh Because that's a real scene in a movie. If you told that's somebody there's a real scene in a movie where Nick Cage was planning a heist as a crooked cop with sunscreen on his nose with Elijah Wood, like I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody saw this movie first of all, so they wouldn't know it. But then I just don't think they would think that exists, or they right. wouldn't know. Yeah. Um. I don't remember where this what this line was in reference to, but that you know sometimes there's just a quote or a line in the movie that stands out to me that I feel like I have to notate. And I, it might have been in this roof scene. I don't know. It's my next note. It, Nick Cage turns to, I think, Waters and says, I fucking dig you. <laughs> yeah. Which, honestly, normally I would say that's a bad line. But in the context of this movie and knowing that character, it really wasn't a bad line. I just thought it was a funny line. Yeah. But it does suit the character. It's I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think, like it, again, like it shows how nonchalant and laid back stone is about something he probably shouldn't be that chill about (laughs) yeah he's like he's more interested in their personal relationship than he is in what they're about to do and that goes through to the end of the movie like this dude really wants to be water's friend like he like he loves this guy he cares about this guy he wants these two to be buddies like you know butch and sundance kind of concept you know yeah so then uh so we just found out that uh, or Stone is expecting Waters to come up with 10k, and Waters you've kind of seen as is an irresponsible, uh, you know, guy doesn't like have savings or a house or anything that he could, you know, mortgage like like uh, Stone did. Well, and he's also like going through a divorce at the same right. time. But you don't know that at this point, really. We don't, we don't, we haven't had that scene yet. You don't see the the uh, wedding ring in for a little bit. I don't think because I've notated it. Well, they, there's the scene, though, where there's all, like, the boxes in his place that has, like, you know, the a, a woman's name on them. And... I guess that's true. I didn't really put two and two together, though. Like, gotcha. Mostly, when I saw the wedding ring later, and it, you'll get, we'll get to this note, but I just was like, he's married? Like, I had no idea. Because that yeah. could just be a girlfriend moving out You're or right. anything. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know. 
Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so you'd find out that he doesn't, he's, he, throughout this, you found out he's not a character that's really, like, had responsibility or anything like that. Like, he's, he just kind of lives moment to moment, having sex with a uh, prostitute, you know, things like that. Um, so he goes to Ethan Suplay's character. And he tells him how much he needs, and so they are going to shake down, I don't really know, like, like, it's a donut shop that's a front for drugs, I think is what I took from that. Yeah, I, I, I really have extremely few problems with this movie. But one is why he goes to Ethan's character. Like they just had this scene earlier where clearly it shows that like their dynamic is not a good dynamic. Well, right? he probably knows that he's a crooked cop and has ways that... of getting money. I'm assuming. Okay. okay. Well, because what what actual cop would do the the Russian roulette thing in the middle of an evidence room? You know well, what I mean? Sure. I just I feel like the like the risk involved in going to another cop and being like, help me borrow a bunch of money and I can't tell you why I need cash. Like that just I seems like a risk. I know? didn't really have a problem with this because the, it's established that Ethan plays detective character is not a good guy. So like if if he goes and, to a supervisor and says, Hey, uh Waters came to me asking for money. And, to, you know, whatever else there are, they going to believe this cop that's probably gives them a, you know, bunch of headaches every week, or are they going to believe waters who stone is his boss and probably doesn't like, yeah. you know, that's so fair. I didn't really have a problem with that, but anyway, but yeah, it's clearly, this is a bakery that is a front for a drug. Correct. Thing. And yeah. uh, so uh, it seems like it's a regular thing that Ethan Suplay's character is going in and, you know, getting money in exchange for not, busting mm-hmm. busting this drug ring and so there's you know an intense scene where he does this russian roulette thing again he was supposed to get two boxes of money but instead he only got one box and the box is like i thought it was actually interesting it was like yeah. money in the bottom of the box with like a tray of donuts on top of it so it looks like he's just taking out a donut thing which is kind of funny considering they're cops and like the stereotype of donuts um i thought but- it was a cake i thought it said happy birthday on it oh i thought it looked like a tray of donuts in the one that he the second one interesting uh, in any matter, case same concept yeah, it's not relevant but yeah. um yeah so he said he came in for two boxes and they only gave him one and so he does that whole russian roulette thing and uh waters was not expecting this he's again fully panicked mm-hmm. i think that his blood pressure must have like been ready to explode out of his veins this whole movie because he seems like he's on edge and elijah wood is really good at playing a stressed out character so oh yeah uh yeah so that worked for him but yeah so they do the russian roulette thing eventually they end up getting the second round out of the second box of money um and it's just really heavy like when elijah takes the box from the woman like the looks like there's it's he doesn't say anything in, in these scenes at all but the looks that he's giving like you can just see how he he has found himself going down a bad path and he can't seem to stop it. Right. Yeah. You know? He's spi- he's spiraling at this yeah. point. But uh, so, yeah, that's a heavy scene. And then we get another light scene, right? Which is Nick Cage is going to go buy these guns from this guy. Oh, my God. And they're sitting in this car. He's sitting in the car with a gun trafficker, essentially a firearm mm-hmm. trafficker. And he's like trying to make small talk. <laughs> and it's really, really funny. Um sometime around this i don't know one of my notes in here is interesting camera work because i really liked the the way this movie was shot there mm-hmm. the they really did a good job of like making you uncomfortable like when you needed to be by getting really close to the fit characters faces yeah or you know the framing of the characters it's like they were telling a story with the camera also and and i thought that was really 
good. So kudos yeah. to whether that was the director or whoever that was. Did a it really was good shot thing. in like a really intimate way. Whereas like yes. most heist movies are just blockbuster type films. This was not, this is a very intimate character. It was a character driven, character driven heist for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's making small talk, you know, on this gun run. You can, it, it seems that as if he's kind of nervous and maybe that is what he's doing, you know, to kind of break the tension. You know, a lot of people right. when they're nervous, they, they just talk about random things. And eventually the dude that's driving him is just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, you know, which I feel like is probably really good. And he's, I guess this guy's just driving around for a while mm-hmm. to ensure that he's not being tailed or that things are legit, whatever. Um, so eventually they get to like this place way out of the out in the boonies it's like a quarry it's like you know where we another quarry Rider, yes you know <laughs> yeah or any other there's a quarry i think in some of the other prisoners of the ghost land and stuff like that too but <laughs> um yeah so he they go to like this quarry and he's looking at the guns and he's coming in the guns he's like oh you didn't file the serial number or anything off did you i don't i want the serial number and then he just straight out fucking shoots the guy right in the head mm-hmm. out of nowhere like at this point it's been very casual you know he's he's been joking the whole time so again this is another uh another example of the way that they're kind of playing with your emotions we had the heavy scene with elijah and then they cut to this goofy scene where he's like by he's doing a very serious thing but he's keeping it very light mm-hmm. and then uh yeah as he's keeping it light he immediately murders a guy which is the first time we've seen anybody in this movie just straight out murder somebody cold-blooded it's- yeah, it is a really shocking moment. Like, you know, he puts on like the the dad glasses, you know, so he you know, his his reading glasses or whatever they're supposed to be to kind of check out the gun and stuff. And he just and that moment he just kind of looks like this not serious kind of guy who like is, you know, getting this to have in his home just in case, right? Yeah, kind of when he's buying three of them. And uh well, and I, all- I I didn't take it as he was buying all three three i took it as he was like these were his options shopping yeah okay maybe that's what it was now, it did kind of remind yeah. me of this character in kick-ass because he also had a character oh, that wore big glasses yeah. and uh and a mustache and kick-ass oh man but, you're totally right which we haven't reviewed yet so yeah. we don't want to get too deep into that but which i'm very much looking forward to that one though um but yeah it's uh it's an interesting scene and it's you know it's kind of disarming because he's seeing the small talk and putting on the glasses so he's disarmed this guy this guy thinks he's harmless right it's just uh you know an old dork yeah trying yeah. to buy a gun and so yeah then he gets popped in the head just casual murder is what i put for the note which i've had in several movies just casual murder well it's know. like it's a clean headshot too like yeah. this is in at night in the dark with a gun that he just got 10 seconds ago right and it's just boom so like clearly he is again like shown to be very competent yes right and he but he plans these things out mm-hmm. like at some point he was probably a very good cop right, right? before he was you know, disillusioned or what have you yeah um so he grabs all the guns and walks away um and then they start to get into the the heist um so I, I my next note was pre-heist joke i don't remember what that was but I, I'm, I'm assuming that Cage's character made some really dumb joke. There was, yeah, and Elijah's like freaking him. out. Oh, the van, the van. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Nick was supposed to, to swap plates on some van and bring this van, and you know they get together, and he's like, "Oh, I thought you were getting the van. I was just doing the plates." And like Elijah starts to freak out because they have all this equipment, that's, and what we learn is a giant drill. 
um, that they have to, you know, put together and stuff. And I, my favorite part of this though, is when Elijah's on the side of the road and he's waiting for Nick and you see this like Dodge caravan coming up the street <laughs> yeah. and he goes, not that one, please, not that one, please don't let that be him. Like, <laughs> Well, it totally is. The, the joke was that uh, he said he didn't get a van. Nick Cage's character yeah. was like, oh, I forgot. That was supposed to be you that does that. And yeah, Elijah is very stressed out about this. And then he pulls out the keys because Elijah starts to like storm off. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out the keys and says, I, I'm, I was just playing, man. I, like he, this is in the moment, like one of the first moments where we actually see him. It seems like he actually has regret for the way he acted because mm-hmm. uh he isn't like laughing about it he seems genuinely upset as if he upset his friend well that's the key right like he he doesn't he really likes waters and he wants this to be fun he wants them to be on this adventure together right and he didn't mean to really freak him out yeah and so uh you know throughout this movie something we didn't mention was that when they were doing the planning they had to figure out if this apartment was had people living in it right and so it did have it does have people living in it and they knew that well they knew um, that they, there was an old guy living there right yeah and this, and so they this is when the actual heist starts and so they go into the apartment with like ski mat not ski they weren't ski masks but they were similar they're basically face covering masks of some kind mm-hmm. i still get it's more of like a tactical mask of some kind right um but they go into this apartment and there's a a young younger man and a younger woman there and the guy was not into whatever's happening he, he they had guns pulled on him and he was just like he was doing what he was told but then at one point they both are like getting tied up and he spits on nicholas cage's character while uh while waters is going and getting stuff out of the van and so stone just shoots him uh kills him and because Waters comes back and sees uh, Stone standing outside the room, and he said, "And he said, did you hear anything?" Stone says, "Did you hear anything to Waters?" And Waters says, "No. Why? What happened?" And Stone is like, "Well, he came at me, and I had to. I had to do it." And so then we see Waters, you know, look in there and see that there's a dead body in there now, and that the woman that was in there was also still attached to this mm-hmm. dead body, which is pretty morbid um again like there's some really heavy dark stuff in this movie yes and uh so you know they he's you know so waters was already nervous but now he's full-on like flipping out Mm -hmm. because he's now murder has entered the scenario and it hasn't it had for him it hadn't before that he didn't know that nick cage murdered this other that stone murdered this other character um so you know for this is the first time where things are getting very very real mm-hmm. um and so yeah i had more casual murder for the next note well because like i think one of the key differences between the two characters right is that stone is totally cool with improv if something doesn't go as planned no problem we'll figure it out we'll just do something else and waters is very much like this is the plan stick to the plan yeah so yeah. uh then they start setting up the drill and this is another quote nick cage uh waters asks stone a question and stone responds you know the drill as if like not the drill that they're drilling with but the you know like the it was a pun yes it was a pun that's great (laughs) and it's in like this very tense moment so again it's kind of they're they did a good job of that i don't want to keep bringing that up but yeah but it is really good yeah so i can't remember exactly the circumstances but at some point stone goes back into the room i think he's gonna mur- like her he's gonna move the girl right and 
he just is pointing the gun at her. I don't remember exactly why at this point he was pointing the gun at her, but you could just tell that he just wanted to fucking kill this girl. He just wants to yeah. kill everybody, basically, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very weird. But we get oh, like a lot of scenes of just them like drilling and changing mm-hmm. out drill bits and things like that, another kind of montage. And my next note was, this is the weirdest movie about drilling since Armageddon. <laughs> um so they're talking at one point and another quote from this movie nick cage is joking about something and they just says jk and you have to keep in mind this is like they're not making him try and look like a young man in this movie when i said his haircut was cagey it was like a very kind of outlandish older man kind of haircut with you know the the balding on the sides and you know it just looked like you know an he's old man his age yeah yes exactly and then to hear him say jk is like he's trying to connect with this younger character it's so it was interesting yeah and it's also like kind of that nonchalant like laid back not a care in the world kind of personality that he's got going so here's like the first shot where we see a close-up of his ring of uh water's ring mm-hmm. that he's still wearing even yeah. though they, we think they're divorcing, it's again, it's kind of unclear. They don't really ever say that he's divorcing, but uh, I, mean, I yeah. think it's implied that she left him. But why would he still be wearing the ring? Because you know she I mean? left him, right? Like he he still wants, like he misses her. He still wants to be with her, right? Like because in the earlier scene, right? Like he actually like smells her sweater or whatever. Like I think, and then he... picks up dog sh- or cat shit with it. So yeah. I mean, it's you know, it doesn't give me the emotion of somebody that's still connected to her. Well, I think he's mad, right? Because she left him, but he still loves her, kind of thing, and he feels abandoned. I feel like they could have done a little bit more. Yeah, you know, you had your one complaint about the movie. I think my one complaint with that, I wish they had developed that just a little bit more to make that's us fair. a little more uh, like not that we weren't connected to Elijah's character. It would just make it a little more personal. If we know that, you know, there's some on again, off again things going on in his personal life that's really affecting his stuff going on. No, it's implied, I but it's a for somebody point. like me that's dumber, you know, you need to be a little more in your face. No, it's look, it's really glossed over. And so is Stone's character. Like we learn very little about these guys from a personal perspective, right? Like we we kind of have skipped over this, but like we we meet Stone's dad like a couple of times he's on screen wasn't it like jerry lewis or somebody that played him yeah it was his last role he wanted he actually wanted to be he and nick are like we're are really close friends and he wanted to be in the movie but like he i guess he was a cop at some point right obviously retired because he's an older guy right and so like there's a bit of a dynamic there where maybe he doesn't respect the kind of cop his son has become or something that's implied, but like, again, like we, you know, maybe that could have been fleshed out a little more. It's a short movie. It's only an hour and 32 minutes. Yeah. Um, so maybe they, they could have gone a little, they could have added another like eight or 10 minutes of the movie to flesh some stuff out for sure. Yeah. Um, so they get like all the, so it says, I think there was, so there were 37 inch walls or something like that. And so they keep measuring this hole to see how far in they are and they get to their last drill bit. And there's like three quarters of an inch left when this drill bit breaks. No, the 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 band breaks. The, oh, the band. The um, yeah, the belt. The belt. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I expected them to just like grab a belt off somebody's waist or something and use that for three quarters of an inch. I feel like that would have been a better solution. But instead, but it also seems crazy to me that they 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 went through all this trouble ordering this drill from Germany. They have extra drill bits, but not like one backup belt. Right. That's true. Um, <laughs> so. You know, we mentioned that Stone is kind of an improv guy. So 
his idea is to build essentially a small tube, like a small pipe bomb and drop it into the hole. <laughs> and so the next few scenes, they like empty out a bunch of bullets worth of gunpowder into this canister, like into like a drug. It's bottle. like a medicine bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they put mattresses up over the windows and stuff like that. And I just want to say, I'm not a physicist. Okay. <laughs> but my understanding of explosions and how that all works is mm-hmm. that it will go the fire and like explosive power will follow the path of least resistance, which in a scene like this, where you have a 30 some inch hole with three quarters at the bottom, if you blow that up, all that pressure would go up the top, right? Uh-huh. There's nothing stopping and pu- giving it a reason to push down. Mm. But for some reason, this works. Okay, I'm not again. I'm not a physicist, but it does break through the, the three quarters inch of steel or whatever. It's somehow. tough because like we don't really know the strength of the thing that he puts together because like we just see like an assortment of bullets. We don't necessarily know how much it is i don't know it does seem like a pretty decent sized explosion it also like this is like the longest night ever (laughs) because they do so many things during this night that it seems like it's a 20 hour night well we even skipped over the cop that shows up yes okay yeah you want to cover that sure like so yeah so there's a, a cop kind of patrolling the neighborhood um and he is played you know by um Ronnie Thurman, uh, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Thurman Jr. And he, you know, he like saw suspicious people kind of bringing equipment in and stuff. And so he catches Elijah Wood's character and they're kind of talking a little bit. And he's like, no, I'm a detective. It's all good. We're undercover. I really need you to turn your lights off. Right. He says that a few times stuff. And I think like things are going really well until Elijah's like, yeah, don't, don't call this in. This is really like off the books undercover. And then clearly this officer is like, I don't believe you anymore. Well, also during this whole thing, Nick Cage's character literally has a, a gun pointed at the cop like he's ready to murder him again. From the window. That, yeah. Yeah. That he wants to murder everybody in this movie. What's he going to do? He's just going to shoot this cop in the middle of the street and then leave the car there? Like, I don't know what that thought process is. But I don't know. I think it's a backup plan, right? Like, like yeah. if the guy won't leave or, like, tries to radio this in, then he's going to pop him. But like clearly this officer does not believe Elijah by the end of their conversation, right? He's it's not said out loud, but it's clear on his face and his actions that he's like, something's not right here, but he gets in the car and he drives off. And I keep expecting that to come back. Yeah. And it never, it never, it does. never does. It never does. So but yeah, like that's another thing though, that happens that night. Like you're right. Like this night, like goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they get through, and I think at this point, and you probably thought the same thing, they were drilling into the top of the vault to get a camera in there to see what was in the vault so that they could, you know, I, I at this point, I assume maybe they were still going to do the cop thing and, you know, do the right thing. Even though he had murdered a couple of people, he was just corrupt, right? Right. And that he was going to, like, report this and get, a, like, a team to come in and confiscate these drugs. Mm-hmm. But But at this point, it's revealed that that that's not what they were doing. They were no. drilling into the door to get a clear view of where the like the tumbler for the lock, so that they could actually get into the vault. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought that Elijah Wood's character would have known something was on when that was the plan, because why would they need to get into the vault? Well, he knows at that point that there's that the goal is to steal whatever's in there. But I don't think he does because he, yeah. Because when they get in there, he like starts 
arguing with Nick about how they shouldn't be taking this. Well, that's because of the kind of vault it ends up being. So like skipping ahead a little bit, right? Like they're expecting this to just be a metal room with bags of cash and drugs, right? And they're going to grab a couple bags of cash and, and leave, right? But it's not. It's like an, an extremely sophisticated, clean vault where there's like trays of marked diamonds and organized coins and gold. And like, this is clearly like very high end, very organized, very specific, like mob gangster stuff, not just some drug runners. I th- and so I think he just, he gets spooked. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what the difference is between breaking into a vault of a bunch of drug dealers or breaking into a mob vault is, but either think, way, it's a bad deal. Yeah. I think, I think in his mind, he's like, well, we're just going to steal a bunch of unmarked cash from some drug guys and they'll never find us. They'll have no idea who took their money, you know, and that'll be that. But if you steal a bunch of like marked diamonds that have you know, serial numbers associated with them and coins that have serial numbers associated with them from like the mob that has resources, right? right then they'll come after you. Yeah. So kind of in between, <clears throat> we, like we said, we skipped ahead a little bit, but kind of in between this, there's the scene where Nick Cage is up in the, in the, apartment still with a camera that like a scope that he's got his eye on and elijah wood's character is down trying to do the tumbler like get the get the numbers mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> it's a pretty stressful scene even though you pretty much know that they're going to get in there right the movie wouldn't really progress if they didn't but um you know they say that it has a fail safe and that if you hit two wrong numbers or something like that then it would lock and you wouldn't be able to get it open. Right. So it's kind of a stressful scene. And Nick Cage's character is like really struggling to see the mechanisms. Um, but they they do he they do get it open. And yeah, like it goes into like this, yeah, this completely clean, like white room with inside the 36 inch walls are you know it's the room is completely empty, but it, you can see like a bunch of squares and rectangles all over the wall where it's like uh what's the things you get at banks the safety deposit box type deal it's like that except they don't have a dial or anything on the front it's literally just blank front but it looks like a bunch of different boxes essentially in in the wall Mm -hmm. and so they go and they go to one that was left open which if you're going to be having this kind of vault i don't know why you would leave one open but nick cage kind of walks over to it and looks inside and sees a bunch of diamonds and uh you know the uh, Elijah Wood's character goes and opens another one, and it, I think it had diamonds in it too. I don't. Either way, they they had a bunch of yeah. They, this is where they start to realize that it's diamonds and like other valuables in the vault. Well, that's and, like it's it's very specific too. It's not just like a tray of diamonds. Each diamond is like in its own glass container. They're all like marked on these velvet kind of inserts, you know. And so I think like that was the big change for for Waters was like, well, we can't just take the cash and buy whatever we want. We now have to like flip a bunch of stolen jewelry and coins, which has its own set of risks involved. And so I think he just is like, this is not what I signed up for. Right. And so, uh, you know, Stone is still gung ho on getting all this stuff. So I think uh, there's, they start to like clean up upstairs and get ready to pack up all the diamonds downstairs. But while they're upstairs, uh, Stone being the very good cop that he could have been, uh, notices something off kilter on the wall so he goes and looks at it and pulls like this painting back or something and behind it are a bunch of like not consumer level firearms like they are stuff that heavy almost, duty like, like military grade yes there's yeah. like 10 guns or, yeah. all lined up in this in this vault 
or not this vault, this this like hidden area with like ammo and some other stuff. And so he immediately gets suspicious as to whose house this was, because originally it was supposed to be an old man. Mm-hmm. And then they get here and it's a young man and a young woman. And then he finds this gun stash. And so he goes to go interrogate the girl. And while he's interrogating the girl, Waters sees something off about a cushion uh, on something like or like an ottoman or something. And so he lifts that and he finds a gun underneath that. Like a very a f- fancy gun, a fancy pistol, yeah. like yeah, like gold plated type, you know, mm-hmm. uh, mother of pearl grip type gun, like you see, you know, a lot of drug dealers have in movies, very stereotypically. <laughs> um, and so he goes to go interrogate the girl. Was this before or after she made the call? This is after, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So at some point in this, we need to touch on that. She, uh, Elisha's Wood character is he's feeling bad about this girl, right? He's feeling very guilty, so he goes in there and she says. Please, I've got a three-year-old at home. I need to call his father so that, you know, he's taken care of. And uh, so, you know, Elisha Wood's character, not being as good of a cop necessarily, or as good of a criminal, I should say, as Stone, Mm -hmm. calls the number for her and lets her talk to him. And he writes down the number on his hand, or he has her write down the number on his hand so he can dial it for her. And that holds the, the, the thing up to her ear. And it sounds like a call that you would, a woman would make to a father. So there's nothing very suspicious there. Right. Um, and so, yeah, they find these guns and Nick Cage's character goes in and kind of interrogate her and find out who she really works for. Mm-hmm. And well, how does that end? I don't remember how that ended. He doesn't, she doesn't really tell. She just says, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I was just with the guy. Right. Isn't right. that how it goes? Yeah. I was just with the guy. She's really set up as just like wrong place, wrong time. Yes, big time. Yeah. And so uh yeah, Nick Cage's character pulls a bunch of bags out and they're like getting ready to empty this vault. Well, he's and got like, I don't know, eight hardcore like utility duffel bags. Duffel bags, yeah. Right. And so Elijah's like, like, you knew about this. Like he starts to get suspicious. Like, this is where you start seeing cracks in their relationship. Right. right? He's like, you knew what we were gonna find down there. Like, are you trying to pin this on me? Waters is getting more and more. Yeah, Elijah at out. one point says, I don't know what this is right now, which is exactly what I was thinking in the same moment. So mm-hmm. it's like he was saying my thoughts out loud. And so when they go back down to the vault, it turns out that uh that Waters has locked the vault again. And like wiped off the combination. And so Stone kind of goes nuts on him and like is threatening to kill him. Well, it, it escalates. Like at first he's like, hey, can you open this back up kind of thing? Right. And that's where Waters is like, no, I'm not, I can't do this. Like we're going to get killed. Right. Um, and like Nick, Nick had talked about how like he bought them plane tickets to go to like the Bahamas or something like that so they can go and celebrate. Yeah, and Waters is just like he's trusting him less and less. He thinks that Nick's gonna like pin this on him, and like, yeah. He's so at the this point, guy he, and he, yeah, he starts to get that kind of mentality that he's mm-hmm. gonna be the one that has to take responsibility for this one. That Cage's character gets off scot free, and that he was brought into this because he's kind of a less in, less in, or more inept like character, a less capable character, right? And so, like, Stone starts to escalate. It's like, please open the vault. Like, I'm only going to ask you one more time. Open the vault, please. And he's getting, like, more and more intense, more and more intense. And, then and he dude, finally... he gets, like, straight up scary, honestly. Yes. This is a character that we've seen joking this whole time. I don't know if, I, if like, I've ever seen Nick Cage be scary in a movie. But in this moment, when he's screaming at Elijah Wood, I mean, he is, like, fucking t- terrifying, man. If that was screaming in my face, I would be terrified. 
And it I'm not, is, you know, ashamed to admit that. It is a great scene. Yes. Like it is so good. And it's just, again, like it shifts the tone, right? To like kind of these bumbling guys who can't figure out this heist quite right to, you know, like they're going to like blow each other's heads off. Um, yeah. Like it was, yeah, very well done. So he does open the vault again uh, for him. And uh, while Nick Cage is unloading or filling a bunch of the duffel bags and he comes back upstairs at some point or no, uh, Elijah Wood's character goes back upstairs at some point. But during this conversation, the guy, uh, Nick Cage's character talks about his plan about how he's going to murder the girl. And she saw off. his face at some point. Right. Because she saw his yeah. face when he went into interrogator. And so my next note was, of course, he's going to murder the girl because he wants to murder everybody. But then Elijah Wood's character goes up into the apartment again. And Nick Cage's character is expected to be following. And instead of like grabbing supplies or whatever, he goes and grabs that gun that he saw that Nick Cage's character did not see under the ottoman or whatever it was, the cushion. And he like sets up in this bathroom where the girl is and has the gun aimed directly at where Nick Nick Cage's character should be walking through. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, he's entirely convinced that he's going to be the fall guy and that if he doesn't kill Stone, then Stone is going to kill him or pin it on him somehow. Right. So uh, he, sh- he, Nick Cage's character walks by and he shoots at him and hits him, but he doesn't know where. Uh, and so he's like, walk. he walks up to, this is a very tense scene too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he kind of is peeking around the corner trying to get a visual on what's going on. Uh, and so they start shooting at each other. Basically, Nick Cage didn't die. He's, you know, he's shooting back at Elijah Wood's character through the wall and Elijah Wood's character ducks behind the wall and then immediately comes out blasting and uh, kills Nick Cage's character. Uh, And then he's like going through his pockets and sees that he really did have two tickets to the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you realize that he while Stone was a corrupt cop. And right. like a bad dude that was murdering people, he did really just want to be friends with Waters, and he really right. genuinely picked him because he thought he would be able to do this with him. Yeah, like as far as like the two of them were concerned, Stone was on the level. Yes, they yeah. were. He was honest with him. He really cared about him. Um, he was just super. Like he, he says this a couple of times. He's you know the power of positive thinking, and he was just right. being this really optimistic, positive guy. Like this was going to work. They were going to be millionaires. They were going to go live the high life together and celebrate together, and it was going to be like this adventure. And right. Elijah was just like that. Doesn't like that wasn't believable. Right. You know? And so uh, you know, at this point, the gun that he had found is not silenced or anything. Right. Um, but Nick Cage's gun is silenced. But uh, my next note was how did no one hear the gunshots? Because I know they still had the, the I think they still had the mattresses and stuff at this point. But gunshots are very loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the the only thing that they have going for them is that it's like five in the morning, and um, nobody else lives in this building. Right. And right. so then. So then we, uh, yeah, we find out Nick Cage's character is actually dead. And so my next note was Nick Cage dies at the end because that's another bingo box checked. That's right. So uh, Elijah Wood's character loads up the girl into the van. Well, he returns all of all the, the, all the diamonds. Goods. Yeah. Right. And then locks it again and takes the girl uh, and goes, you know, puts her in the van and says, I'm going to drop you off, uh, you know, out here 
and then you can get home and you can forget this ever happened. Mm -hmm. And so he's driving like way out. It looks like in the desert, Nevada desert. And this van rolls up on him and another van rolls up on him and basically like three vans box him in and he sees the number on the back of the van and it's he looks at his hand and it's the same number that he had dialed for the girl it was like a dry cleaning van or some shit Mm -hmm. like it was it was like a commercial van but the phone number was the same as the one that that girl had told him to dial right and so it's not really explained how they tracked her out this far uh maybe they were just following him the whole time but, uh, well, there is a shot like right when he turns onto the street that like if you he, there's a shot of the rear view mirror and a van like changes lanes. And so like there's no way for anybody to make that connection other than like, why would they show that? Right. Right. So I think like that was just what that was. Yeah. And so they he's like freaking out when he realizes this. he's like, who did you call? Who did you call? Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, I'm going to shoot you through this wall or through the seat or something like that. He says he's going to shoot her if she doesn't answer him. And she doesn't answer him. And the back of the van opens up and he gets killed. And the van he like, tries to like show that her. he's a cop or whatever. Right. And, he yeah. holds up his badge and, uh, you know, they, they shoot him anyway. And the van goes like off road, whatever um so elijah wood dies at the end and the and woman gets in the driver's seat and parks and pulls the van over and she stops right before like a semi comes by or whatever and yeah and the vans keep driving they just drive off yeah they just leave her which yeah. like they're not even gonna check on her <laughs> so my like ne- work not my to last check on her. <laughs> my last note for this movie was i don't understand because okay. Because then we get like there's a, a small montage of the evidence locker and they're putting the drill yeah. into the evidence locker with all the other stuff. Yeah, which doesn't really finalize anything for me. I feel like it could have done without that scene, but uh, we don't really know at this point what happened, like who who they call, who she called, who that person in the room was working for, uh, you know, what who the people that came and killed Elijah Wood's character, who they were. You know, it's just kind of implied that it's like the mob or something. It's all very open-ended, yes. right? Because it is certainly possible that she had nothing to do with the vault or the guy in the apartment. And she just was also connected to other criminals, right? Because right. like that's, you know, whatever, right? There's no way to know if any of those three things are really connected to each other or if it's just a bunch of coincidences. So I think... I think I have a little bit of an explanation on some of it. So, okay. So the title of the movie is The Trust. Mm-hmm. The, this is referencing uh, the trust between Stone and Waters. Right. And then that gets broken, right? But on another level, a trust is like a, a gathering of wealth mm-hmm. set aside for something. Right. So I think that also the trust was what is in the vault. And I'm guessing that it was a trust because it's also on a third level, like between like the corrupt police and the mob and all these people contributing to this one like collection of wealth. That was the best I could come up with. But Interesting. I but the, you know, that the, the vault in itself is a trust between several parties. Right. I mean, I, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that that's a good, good way to look at it, but it is open-ended. So that could not, could definitely be not what they intended. Who knows? But yeah, that's the end of the movie. Uh, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I would have liked a little more clarity on things. I don't really love open-ended movies, you yeah. know, where things aren't explained that are kind of important. But uh, I did, in this case, enjoy the movie, regardless of that. But I, I, I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm more or less with you. I, I liked it a lot. 
it is just left like it's a very somber ending right you know forget like that there's no like tying up of things at the end but it's just very sad at the same time um it's just kind of weird like i i would have liked to have known i don't need to know everything okay but it would have been interesting just to know like what her deal was yeah you know like this dry cleaner thing like that's is that that's just another front kind of like the bakery was it's just a different kind of front you know and then we we never even learn what the vault is for who it's for so like it's just nothing is answered and i i think some of it i don't need everything answered but i think having some of it answered she was also like the only woman in the movie other than like the prostitute at the beginning there's just not a lot of women in this movie it would have been nice if she even had a name she didn't even have a name yeah i mean there's there's a lot of that in here right like yeah she is just she's the only woman that's in more than one scene there's big irish guy there's yeah i mean ethan's character is just detective yeah um you know there's drug dealer i mean jerry lewis's character is just stone's father right right so and i'm not saying that, that we need a, like a but... ton of lore or anything for this movie we don't need like it's not star wars where every background character needs a name right but you know with a woman that's in a good portion of the movie it would have been nice to have a name or any kind of development instead mm-hmm. of just she's a helpless lady that turns out to not be helpless yeah. um anyway if we keep going too much longer than this podcast is gonna be longer than the movie was I know, I know. Uh, I just did. I did want to call out, like, so you mentioned, like, nobody really saw the movie. You're very right. So it only grossed worldwide three hundred and twenty-one grand. Yeah, that's not great. No, on on an estimated nine million dollar budget. So, like, I didn't know about this movie, and I like both of these actors a lot. Um, and I'm a little sad I didn't know about this movie because I really liked it. Yeah, this is definitely in like the top five movies that we watched so far for me. Right, it was good. Yeah. So, all right. So with that, then I think it's time for us to rate the movie. If you're joining us for the first time or you don't remember, we rate our movies on two different scales, overall quality and overall caginess, both zero through 20, because there's a lot of movies and we want to make sure that we can tell where, you, where each movie is. Uh, zero is low, 20 is high. So, um, you know, normally we start with you, Ryan, but I was thinking that maybe this time, maybe this time, we would uh, hang on a second here. I got to get my, my thing fixed. Oh, come on now. Sorry. Okay. I thought maybe this time I would, uh, I would kick things off. Sure. Give you a little break from that. Um, I really liked this movie quite a bit. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really good. And so from a quality perspective, you know, I'm probably going to rate it a little bit higher than I you know, would have thought. So I'm thinking that I am going to give it, let's see here. Where am I? Here we go here. I think I'm going to give it a, a 14. That seems reasonable. That's where I'm going to put it. That puts it on par with, um the family man and moonstruck as far as my scores are concerned what about yeah. you uh i don't think it was as good a movie as moonstruck what did i put moonstruck at you put moonstruck at 16 yeah that tracks i because i i enjoyed moonstruck i think more than you did but um 
I was going to put this at a 15. So because it was definitely for me, not as good as Moonstruck. Moonstruck would be higher on my list, but it was really good. Surprisingly, Um, at least I should say it wasn't it was enjoyable. And there was a lot of things I liked about this movie, even though there was some weird stuff going on with it. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to be at a 15 with that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you completely. It was, it was super interesting. It was unexpected. I've never the best, seen best Nick cage movie we've seen so far that nobody else has seen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a moonstruck. If you mention moonstruck to anybody who likes cage, they're going to know exactly what moonstruck is and they're going to like it. If you mention the trust, they're going to have no clue because only 17 people saw this movie in theaters <laughs> and it's on Tubi now. Like it's not even right. on a mainstreaming service. Exactly. Which is just normally not a good sign. And even for us, like, if I maybe I should have been tracking like what streaming services I was watching these things on, but the ones on Tubi usually are, pretty low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, so caginess. So Ryan, this one goes to you. Where would you put this on the caginess scale? So it's kind of a tough one, right? Because he's not overtly cagey. He he's very eccentric, and it's everything that he's doing. All these weird eccentricities are kind of downplayed. A bit like he isn't over the top, you know, like the leaving Las Vegas scene where he's dancing, like while buying, you know, it's not like that, or mm-hmm. like Vampire's Kiss doing the whole, which we haven't watched yet either, but doing the whole like alphabet, <laughs> right? You know, it's not not like that, but it's like a lot of subtle subtle caginess. Some of it is not subtle, but uh, like the sunscreen. But I think uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. I feel like I'm at like a 14 maybe on caginess or okay. 13, somewhere in there. Where are you at? Maybe that'll help me decide. So that's really interesting. So I, I was going to put it at like an 11. Okay. Um, Because I think, you know, it's, it's certainly more so than like it could happen to you or something like that, but you're right. Like it's not super overt other than maybe a few of those scenes in the, the casino montage where you know he's he's the waiter and he's got a very right. specific aura or he's doing the dancing you know right like there's a few moments like that and so i'm just kind of like looking at my scores from like a caginess and i gave you know the family man a 10 you know spider-man it was, was a, way more cagey than the family man i think right um you know zondali is a 13 um and guarding Tess was a 12 so i don't know maybe i'd get a 12 i'm gonna give it a 12 Okay, I'm going to go with a 13 then, because I feel like the Zondali, it was as cagey as Zondali, but in a different way. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, so there you go. So that gives us a 14 and a half on quality and a 12 and a half on caginess between the two of us. So, you know, that certainly puts it in the the good and cagey quadrant of our meter. Right, which is kind of a barren quadrant for the most part. <laughs> There's not much. Yeah, I mean, most of the movies are not in that quadrant. So uh, it's in good company, I think. Like, this is a good one. For this sure. is definitely a movie I would recommend people watch if they like either of those actors. Yeah, I probably, if they're just an Elijah Wood fan, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Oh, man, I think he's so good in this. He, he is good in it. But if they're, they're an Elijah Wood fan, the chances are they're probably not a Nick Cage fan, I think, because those <laughs> two don't cross over. In general, not normally, but but uh, you know, I I would if it was for me if it was a Nicolas Cage fan, uh, I would a hundred percent recommend this movie. If if they're like Con Air and Face Off and uh, you know some of those other kind of well known Cage movies, The Rock, mm-hmm. um, then I would say yeah, you're probably gonna enjoy The Trust. If you're just gonna like leave for a movie to watch on Friday night at home by yourself or with a partner, you know, and just like enjoy and kind of be perplexed by and laugh at then i think it's a good movie it's not overly dark like something like dog eat dog 
where right. it's just depressing yeah um, or joe which is just kind of depressing it's a it's a good one that you can enjoy and be entertained by throughout the length of the movie so mm-hmm. it's a very like of the stereotypical like peaks and valleys like i really think from a technical perspective this movie is like really following a lot of best practices right the cinematography like we were talking about is like really intimate the story has these high and low points where it's not like it's not a comedy but it's also not completely depressing you know Correct. and the characters are just they're deep they're rich they're interesting yes i would have liked a little more backstory but what we do get is all really good and these two performances are fantastic yeah i agree so okay all right, last bit of business is we have to find out what movie is going to join our wheel o cage. So the trust is going to come off the wheel and we're going to add a movie to the wheel. And so the movie that's going to be joining the wheel is <laughs> The Crudes. Great. Can't Great. wait. Yeah, The Crudes. So The Crudes is going to join the wheel. Technically, it's The Crudes, A New Age. But since you and I have never watched The Crudes movies, maybe we should watch the first Crudes before we watch the second Crudes. Is he in it? Is he in the original? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I was gonna say that we I, we've kind of talked about this off camera that if we get a movie that's part of a multiple movie series and we haven't seen the first ones, that even if we pulled up one of the other ones, that we would just start with the first one because yeah. we you know we want it to be equal playing ground for us. We don't want to go in and watch Crudes three when we've never seen one or two, right? Because I feel like that would take away from the movie. No, I completely agree. And like, that's why like Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, we could cover, even though we haven't done the first Ghost Rider on this show, because we've seen Ghost Rider. Yes, we've talked we've about it before, it. you know, so that's yeah. unique. So, okay. So we'll add the first Crudes to sure. the wheel. So we'll do that. Um, but that's it for, for this week's episode of the show. Ryan, is there anything else you want to add about the trust? I lost my shirt. I lost my energy. Listen here, folks. <laughs> I've got something to tell you, okay? That's not the right quote, but it's a relevant quote for what we're doing here. We've been doing this podcast for 20 some episodes now. At the time of this recording. We're selling shirts, okay? And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I've got shirts. I don't go out topless. Obviously, I already own shirts. Well, okay, that's a fair point. And you know what? So do I. I have shirts. I'm admitting it here on in public right now. I have shirts as well. But... (laughs) What I don't have is a shirt supporting this podcast. And you may wonder, why is that important? Well, if you're listening to this podcast right now, then you have something that I like to call BNE. You may have heard of its sister or perhaps brother, <laughs> BDE. But in this case, it's BNE. You have big Nick energy. I know this about you because you're listening to this wherever it's posted right now and, and it's promoting our podcast. So you've got to have some sort of, of BNE going on, Big Nick Energy. And you know what? What better way to show your Big Nick Energy than with a shirt supporting your favorite Nick Cage podcast? And you might say, well, you're not my favorite Nick Cage podcast. And to that, I say, stop listening. I don't like you very much. <laughs> but if you didn't say that, you should go and buy one of our shirts. They're not that expensive, okay? And a little bit, yes. Do I make a little bit of money off of it? Not directly, but the podcast does. And then we can do a little more advertising, get a little more people in. And if we have a little bit bigger budget, then maybe you won't have to stare at a video of me with a bunch of creepy mannequins behind me in my office. Maybe uh, we'll do a recording from the Bahamas. Ooh. That's up to Derek. I don't know. I don't handle the funds. (laughs) But 
that's why it's important because we want to make a better end end product for you and every little bit you know will help us get closer to that goal so if you have bne if you feel like you're walking around and you just need to overact and react to something if you need to scream about your hand in the middle of a bread shop if you need to tell somebody to put the bunny back in the box if you're thinking about switching faces with somebody buy the shirt okay one of them we have several options representing some of the, some of our favorite Nick Cage movies some of which we've reviewed and some of which we haven't actually I don't think we reviewed any of them yet but whatever that's not the show <laughs> so go buy these shirts show your support for the podcast and you know rock that BNE that we all that everybody else will be jealous of uh, it's guaranteed to get you people that want to make out with you guaranteed I, that's my guarantee <laughs> Whatever kind of people that you're into making out with, it will get you those people. And they will probably have BNE also. That's a big promise. It's a big It's promise. a real promise. Yeah. And okay. that's straight from Coming of Cage Podcast, LLC. <laughs> not, not me directly. The, the show is not okay, LLC. Derek, I'm going to need you to calm down. This is from the heart of me, but mostly the Coming of Cage LLC. Okay. And so buy the shirt. They're not that expensive. I don't know when you're listening to this, but they're going on sale the day that we released our episode on the trust. They're going to have a, a small sale so you can get it for a little cheaper and you're supporting us and you're supporting us making cool content. And, you know, the, the 20 of you that listen or less, we love you. And, you know, we, we would love to see some of you in these shirts. So if you could grab a shirt, take a picture, send it to our Twitter, send it somewhere. Uh, you know, we, we would love to see that. So we're going to be rocking them. I think probably in the next few weeks, we'll both have one of these shirts and we'll show it on camera because we're big fans. Um, yeah. Derek, anything you want to add to this? Please don't uh, say anything about what I've already said. I've covered most of it, but any of your personal thoughts yeah. on this? No, you're good. I just, I do just want to add that if a shirt's not for you, for whatever reason, we are going to have a lot of other options. You can get mugs, you can get pins and stickers and notebooks and all this other really cool stuff because it's going to be on T Public. We're going to have our T Public store. So any of the gear that T Public really offers, we are offering pretty much all of it. So you know, that's right. Get a shirt and a mug. Put it on your laptop, you know, or buy a hundred stickers. Go slap it on strangers' cars in the streets. They'll be wondering what is this great podcast? This Cade podcast. I don't care what you do with the stickers. <laughs> do not vandalize okay? other people's property. Right. Vandalize your own if you want to vandalize. Do not your own property. vandalize other people's property. We do yeah. not endorse that. But we if that's not. what you decide to do, we can't stop you, and we appreciate the coverage. But. April 17th is when the sale begins. So please go check that out. You can go to comingofcage.com to find our links for that or follow us at Coming of Cage to find our posts about it. If you do get any of our swag or gear or merch or whatever, and you do want to take your photos at Coming of Cage, comment at us, you know, post that type of stuff, tag us, please. I think it will be a lot of fun. We'd love to see that stuff out there. So please go check those things out. Yes. All right. Well, then that is going to be it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening to the coming of cage podcast and the, our episode on the trust. I am Derek. That is Ryan over there. That's me. That's you. And we will be back in a couple of weeks to talk another Nick cage movie to find out which one go to coming of and follow us at coming of cage to find our wheel. O cage spin for the next film. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>